Of course I'm drunk. The ocean becomes a drop. She is a solid. Sorry I'm Brandy for the brass. The drop becomes the ocean. Oh, yes. Star Trek, D Space Nine, Season Six, Episode Four, Behind the Lines. It's it's aired uh, actually 25 years ago on October 20th, 1997. But here on this November 1st, 2022, we're just getting started on a review here on Live Long and Podcast as we continue our ongoing journey to watch every episode of Star Trek D Space Nine, look back, review, and uh, and rate it. I'm Dave Mater. And I'm joined with Jamil Robinson tonight to talk about this episode written by Rene Echeverria um, and directed by one LeVar Burton back in um, October, um, tw- 25 years ago, plus maybe a couple days, a week or so. Um, Jamil, how are you doing tonight? And uh, you know, you excited to talk about Behind the Lines? Yes, um, I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Well, uh, I'm okay. I'm doing all right, I think. That's good. That's good. Yeah, like no complaints, really. Like you know, we're, you know, uh, we're, we're. It's just you and I tonight. Normally, that we have other podcasters with us, so it's uh, going to be a little. Who bit needs them? Who needs? Who them? needs them? When they got you and I, it's yeah. really it's too much. There's too much going on. Like the two founders of Live Long and Podcast, really. You know, this is original recipe. Live Long and Podcast. Yes. You might say, this is the great link. This, this is the great is link. The great link. The links about exchanging thought and uh, inform and idea or something like that, right? The link. It's about merging thought and form, idea and sensation. That sounds like a perfect way to manipulate someone. Yeah. Well, might be. And we hope, if so, we're hoping to uh, manipulate you into liking and subscribing to this podcast if you haven't already. You might be watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or on Twitch. On the live version here, you might be listening to us in the audio version after the fact, or you know, maybe who knows? Maybe twenty-five years from now, you might be reviewing this podcast of an episode of T Space Nine that's twenty-five years before this. Uh, we have live chatters here, including Sam Higdon, of course, fan number one. Uh, where is everyone else tonight? Well, <laughs> everyone had other commitments, but you don't, you know, as we were saying, uh, we have Jeremy uh, Caulfield with us also in the chat. Um, <laughs> You're not gonna post the other message. <laughs> I think I think we're getting off topic here. So um, you know, we're I see your in... message, Sam. I see you. We'll talk about it tomorrow, okay? Yeah, tomorrow's Survivor Night on on Super Mater Brothers podcast day. Make sure to check that out. But um, yeah, like behind the lines, continuing this Dominion War arc back in uh, Star Trek: D Space Nine. Uh, we start up here at the Starbase in the episode. Uh, where what starbase was this again? I always forget. I, I I'm starbase three seventy five. Three seventy five, guys. Um, yeah, and so I think it starts off here with the captain's log, if, if memory is serving here. Uh, well, the Defiant and our crew are now operating on the starbase. You got the Saurian brandy going here, Jamil. Yep. Um, you know, like I, Nog can still get it in the um, in the in the war. You know, he's still Frankie. It's a busy Starbase on 375. So it's almost like, you know, they they don't have D-Space 9, it's the station itself, but they they are, like, not just living on the Defiant exclusively. At least they have, a, like, at least the base that they kind of come on and off a but little isn't, bit. In the, isn't this right here the Defiant itself? Yeah, so right now they're on the Defiant, for yeah, sure. They just, they're just getting back from a mission. 
that involved, um, I don't know, fighting, or uh, assumably, um, conducting short-range missions into Denuvian space. So they go in, they fight, and they come back. That's kind of their missions. O'Brien here shows up with the power cell the of the uh, the phaser and we get our first of these uh couple of speeches here you know um where is it here excuse me captain the power cell from the phaser right we used it up in the last mission take a good look at this people it says something about this ship it says that we will fight and we will keep on fighting until we can't fight anymore oh. yes sir you don't just throw something like this away no, no sir my favorite is that they he claps he also claps you don't feel he should clap to his own speech? uh because he's given the speech and at the end you know he's like yeah and i'm just like i don't know i don't know if it was the right look for the for the scene i think it better be if he was like boss like with his arms on his hips or something <laughs> That's your that's your cl uh, your clapping. I don't know. Thing. I think so. I think that's what it, you know. Uh, I like that everyone else claps, but it's all good. I, uh, I don't like. I personally don't like when people clap when the people that we're clapping for is not present, because it's like who are you clapping for? Like if you're at a movie, and the movie ends and people start clapping, I'm like, is a member of the original you know crew here? Did someone? Who wrote it to their family friend it's like they're not seeing the clapping right that's it's more self-indulgent and i feel like what exactly what you're talking about is a little self-indulgent okay what do you think of the speech overall like do you like it do you think it's a, it's i i thought they could have made up a better speech it's uh it's a little it's a, it's it to me i'd be like that's it that's the speech we're gonna fight until we can't fight anymore okay it's like isn't that the plan <laughs> like yeah. What, now, when these I are almost those, like war trophies. When I see that, I'm like, it would have been an awesome callback if, like, they're on the Defiant and they ran out of like, uh, like photon torpedoes, right? And they're like, <laughs> put in the, uh, like, put in those um, those arrays and um, and shoot them off because we need to do something. It would have been nice to see that comeback. Like they literally used everything they could to win. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, if they're trying to like um, have this romanticized kind of version of war, right? A little bit like war is you have to have like morale and you have to be wanting to fight and you want to war the opponent until they, you know, they want to sue for peace is kind of like the idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's so there's also a little bit of that you have to like because it's it's a, it's a slog. It's like a marathon. You have to have sort of something like almost like a song if you're running a marathon. Uh, if you use that analogy. Yeah, uh, as I, well. I absolutely dig that. Now, what happens if like the war rages on for two years and it's just like a corner filled with those? And they're like, oh, geez, they're tripping over them. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, that, that would be interesting for them to. Uh, the Dominion War does last about two years or so. Yeah. So but at this yeah, point it isn't like it, this is it's some time in, right? Yeah, they, they're they're about I don't know maybe five months into this or so. Yeah. Maybe maybe but less. This, this era, in terms of them dealing with the situation, it doesn't last for the full two years. Uh, not quite. Yeah. No, not not with them living out of Starbase 375. Uh, also, you know, Jamil, in this episode, we see, uh, you know, Admiral William Ross. Uh, I think we've seen him before. Uh, you know, he was a couple episodes ago. He made his debut. He's um, 
he, you know, he's wearing the new, a new uniform, an Admiral's version of this gray top uniform. This is, I believe the first time we ever see this. Uh, he, the belt he has, which we'll see in some other shots, uh, is not the final Admiral's belt. They'll come to have like another Starfleet insignia sort of in that belt. But for now, this was, they're like, well, we're going to put some gold trim on it. And we're also going to give a belt, um, you know, as, as well as like, you know, having the rank epaulets on both sides of the collar, Admiral style. Uh, do you like it? Um, it's okay. Um, having worked for a huge organization, I could absolutely understand why you'll see incremental updates. You're like, really, you, you changed it slightly, and it was just a couple of months between the last revision. But hey, you know, they have it in their mind to change it and they change it. Um, I'm not a big fan of the belt. Uh, it just looks i'm just so used to not seeing belts in star trek i like belts in star trek um but you're right they're not necessarily the common thing or the default usually it's a, it's it's not a belt or especially at least, a buckle that big it's a big buckle i agree uh it, you know going across the the chest um you know it's it, it's meant to you're not really meant to take the jacket off too much versus like you know the, the line officers who look a little bit more like you know they're kind of functional mm-hmm. um in that sense it a, 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 a admiral's uniform is always meant to look more ornate i guess and more like you know you're supposed to be a big deal uh when you're an admiral because you're you know even you know you you command fleet uh multiple ships at once right but um you know it's also i i most of the time the admirals are presented as very stuffy and like you know desk guys and not not with it uh like traditional starfleet line officer types or enlisted guys would be right um so you know there's even when when you had admiral kirk uh back in like the wrath of khan or whatever else he was always he was like well he's a little bit past his prime he's not you know he's more of a desk job guy now he's more he's gone soft you know and and, and presumably admiral ross here who uh again very prominent in this episode we see that he's coordinating a good degree of the war effort at least where they where they are in in the region of space that they're located in um you know that he's probably was a captain at one point and probably did uh have all kinds of you know adventures himself uh presumably or he was at least competent uh before that you know and now here he is commanding a lot of, uh, of people he doesn't seem that much older than Correct. than like cisco or anybody right so it's um well, to be fair cisco also had like a career setback as well so right because of the losing his wife well yeah and more or less being shuntered off to um, D Space Nine for a period of time. Right, now, that wasn't just... a good assignment at first, yeah. but yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's like, "Hey, I want you to go and blow up this thing, um, Cisco. Like, blow up this. They they have some kind of like spy satellite on this other side of this uh, Argolis cluster. Check it out. Let me know." And he's like, "Cisco's like, okay, man. Like, it's, he's like, it's almost like Cisco has a boss now, and there's like a whole new like, dynamic mm-hmm. in this episode, right?" They were getting out to and um we, but a little bit very at the very least it doesn't seem like the admiral on the view screen saying you gotta do this and like you know just seems so separate this is like face to face there's a dialogue that's happening and um it's it's a good change of pace i think for the character as well 
Right. Uh, so in the next scene, in this in this teaser opening uh, before the credits, uh, we go to D Space Nine, Terak Nor, as it is as, at the moment occupied, of course, by the uh, Dominion and uh, Cardassian joint forces here on the station. And I, I love this scene. It's one of the best uh, scenes I think they've really ever done on the show um, overall. This scene here where, you know, Damar comes in uh, into Quarks um, and, you know, and, and it's narrated by by Kira up on the upper level, just kind of, and Jake and, and uh, I don't know, it's Rom. It's, 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 it's just uh, Kira and Rom up there. And they're kind of, they're kind of like watching uh, as DeMar comes in and wants a drink and what, what happened to his pad, you know, uh, have you seen it? You know? And, and he's like, Nope, I haven't seen it. And he's like, my brother's telling the truth. He hasn't seen it, but like basically they planted this pad that said that once the catcher cell white runs out that the, um, um, the, you know, the Jemadar might have to be mass exterminated or they might turn on them or something like that. Yeah. And so it's Demar a very inflammatory. Poison, yeah, Damar might um, poison their last portion of white um, to kill them off. To kill them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they have, he has this plan, like a master plan. Um, and I just love how, you know, like uh, Kira, is, Kira and Rom are just love it every minute of this. You There's know, they talk about one part I don't like, and I'll, I'll show you what it is. Keep going though. But yeah, like how how the Gemini come into the bar and they have the pad because Rom left it right outside their quarters. I love how the Gemini have quarters despite the fact they don't sleep. Uh, you know, they just they have. Do they to... just stand, stand in their room? I guess you know they, it... they 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 practice their 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 fighting maybe like um, but like you with know. the Herosian, they have like a, a a hollow emitter and they they practice on that potentially. Uh, well, they have these hollow suites here, but we don't ever see them use those either. But anyway, so this confrontation here between the Geminar and the uh, and and the Cardassians breaks out. How, how they, you know, like she talks, Kira talks about how they pretend to be allies, but they hate each other, you know. And uh, they 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 they. Can't. Oh yeah, I like how they throw uh, Quark gets thrown across the bar, <laughs> and, and, and 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 Rob just like, ooh, that's not good, you know. Uh, there's no Doctor Bashir here to like necessarily patch Quark up after this. Uh, and, and this is kind of a really brutal fight in Quarks uh, between the two sides, uh, ultimately resulting in a guy dying here. Like this guy, this Cardassian dies in this fight, at least one guy. And uh, that's like, that's the beginning of the episode, right? So guess what part I don't like? What's that? I, I was asking if you can guess. Um, guess what part you didn't like. Uh, you didn't part. like the Quark got thrown across the bar. No, that's, that's perfect. I don't like, um, just before the credits, Kira slinks into the shadows. She kind of like skimpers back. Yeah. yeah. At the end, I'm like, right? but this, Cause she's part of the resistance, you know, she doesn't, because I think because this blew up, um, so big that, you know, there's going to be a lot of just eyes looking around seeing, was there something, um, any foul play, you know? So, uh, she's just kind of slinking away, but yeah, this opening scene, and then we come back, uh, after the credits and then like, there's just like, there's, there's, there's dead people, you know, like people died in this, in this, this fight that was set up here by Rob and Kira, which is part of, I think, where the re reason Odo objects to this, uh, ultimately, you know, that he thinks that the, the, the resistance, because Odo of course values order and he's a very important like he's treated very well by by the at least by the especially by like uh, Weyoun and and whatnot and uh and the Cardassians and so yeah uh, like we get some we get some great like um Dukat and Weyoun stuff here 
where they're like, you know, whose whose fault was it? Your man uh, left such an inflammatory document, and they're like, we need to smile and look like we're we're buddies <laughs> and we're working together. You know, they get uh, um, the smile here with Ducat. Uh, and ultimately, like, we need to clear the room, you know, and, uh, of course, wins. whatever you say, Odo. Um, Rene Echeverria, the writer of this episode, of course, and Lamar Bergen, the, uh, the director. Uh, but here we see Odo looking up at the top of Quarks, kind of looking up at, at Kira and Rom, kind of figuring that this is that they're working. And he doesn't approve of necessarily the, what the result here was. Um, and so we go back to 375, Starbase 375, and... Uh, we get kind of like, like zooming in on what part of the base uh, this office is in. It's in one of like some of these modular looking things, Jamil. Mm -hmm. um, and we see here like the seventh attack wing. Uh, that's, I guess, what 375 is running out of. The fighting seventh. Uh, they're going to, you know, they, they would have to go around the Argolis cluster into the Dominion Sets Ray. If they did that, they would see them coming a million miles away or a million light years away. And, um, and so therefore they can't do that. And so, well, Ross is like, then what are we going to do? He's like, we're going to fly right through these crazy star clusters, you know, in the, the gravimetric shears. Uh, Dax is the best pilot you've ever seen. She can do it. And she studied stars. So she's a science officer, right? And, and Ross yeah. is like, well, she, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, she's the best pilot. Um, we could have got Tom Paris, but he's, you know, you know, we can't find him. He's he, he disappeared in the Delta Quadrant. They broke, you know, he was broken out of jail in New, in New Zealand by Janeway. Uh, I, I, the plan is good, but why did not the if if you're like well I'm we're gonna put ourselves up to this star cluster to ensure that you know no one sneaks uh, to us they have to go around it. But just in case, like there should have been a but just in case kind of thought process to this situation. The fact that they you know like there's no way. I, I find that just absurd in terms of uh, yeah, it's a bit convenient for sure, but that's that's how it, what that's what's presented to us in the story. So we have to just kind of take it at face value. Um, but what I don't really understand about ultimately is that like you know Ross takes this plan, but he doesn't want he doesn't want Cisco to lead the mission. We get we're not we're not at that point in the episode. We, that hasn't been revealed so much, but like that you would want Dax at the helm in this mission, not uh, in the command chair. Like it doesn't make sense that for me uh, in that standpoint, um, because the whole pitch was she's the she can pilot through it. Well, it's not a like the captain can take over take the, the con, helm. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, you're right. Uh, was it Picard did that when he did the reversal move? One, that yeah, he's like, get out of the chair, Wesley. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> Uh, because he had, of course, been a con officer himself. So, yeah, I guess, like, it's fine. But um... it just seems kind of absurd for, like, oh, we're the this mission hinges on Dax being in a specific position. And we're like, well, we're going to change your position. We're going to take her out of that position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. That part that, that part of the story doesn't, doesn't quite jive for me. But it's a nitpick. Um, in the next scene, we get uh, Kira and Odo, where Odo confront, you know, he's like, it was you were behind it. And she was like, yeah, it worked better than I thought. And um, <laughs> Odo is like, well, I said it was a bad idea at our last meeting. And she's like, well, we didn't care. Jake and Ram and I wanted to all do it. And you think you're the boss, but you're not the boss of me. No, and it's not even like, that. It's like, you didn't like it. You left. The meeting wasn't over. <laughs> the meeting was. The meeting continued without you, Mister yeah. Founder. Um, and uh, you know, you know, the, the the conflict between these two in this episode 
he's really good. I, I think that, you know, of course, Kira has the moral high ground for most of it. Um, <laughs> for the most of it. <laughs> well, do, what do you, do you agree with uh, Kira uh, or, or are you approve of Kira's uh, tactics into getting the Cardassians and the Jemadar to go at it here? Because, uh, you know, she says that the Federation's losing this war. Things are going bad. Uh, ultimately, Bajor will uh, not always be um, necessarily protected by the Dominion. Eventually, they will be conquered by the Dominion once the Dominion is done with, you know, beating back the Federation or whatever. So, I don't understand Odo's long game, which is to keep the peace for as long as possible. He, yeah, he, yeah, you're right. His 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 long game doesn't make sense because he really all Odo wants is sort of like peace and order and sort of no one bugging him. Um, but you know, when the founder comes into this episode, especially, it throws everything. He was already kind of there was already this conflict existing here between Kira and Odo coming into this and then you throw the founder comes in uh and she's just it's like this i don't know how you it's like this family member who is not good for you but you can't help but sort of that's that's the analogy you're using i think so to me it's the it's the hot girl the the ex the hot ex that comes back and is like oh no it's gonna mess up my man it's gonna mess up my friend and you're like dude don't don't go down that hole don't like don't hang out with her it's only bad news and he's like okay at first and then it's like she's not so bad she's not so bad and you're like right. no dude no don't understand it, it, you're, it's both it, it, it's kind of because like he has this sort of romantic relationship with her so it is it is that but it's also like we're your family and we're your people and your tribe at least or something of that sort um and it's like it he's the way it's always presented on d space nine is that you know odo they're bad or they have like bad ideas of bad philosophy and odo is more enlightened because he grew up here or he was you know he uh uh had his coming of age uh along with, with bajor and uh and you know in the last five years with you know with, with the federation and this whole adventure he's been on with the d space nine crew and so yeah and it's like this 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 parent who's also happens to be um like you know, a founder of this inter oh, what does kira uh, describe her as um you know an intergalactic warlord maybe because that's what she is that's yeah. what she is. an intergalactic warlord <laughs> well that's, yeah it's a good description uh salome jen's playing the founder she is amazing in this role uh really good um you know and just wearing down odo over the course of the episode uh with like you know he's like well i haven't forgiven you remember you turned me into a solid and she's like well you killed a changeling and uh we were really mad at you but now we're not so mad at you anymore it's all good it's kind of what's presented here you know um then they come i think kira has like this whole like thing about everything uh or like everything she's ever done to her from the day you we've met her uh i thought i had pulled that sorry um yeah i promised kira i can't why not i promised kira she is a solid this has nothing to do with her this is about you and what you want um, i i can't like i also have problems with this plan that they do at the end that leads to our 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 end game um of this with episode. rom getting arrested it's yeah it's a stupid plan i find it's like do you uh, it well 
Yeah, because eventually they're going to figure a way around. At best, you're going to delay it, right? Is, there, is but, that, that? But not even all. that. Not even that. The the concept of the plan doesn't make any sense. It it leaves no kind of like room for error, where anything could come up. Like what happens if Odo is like Odo can't be by his office. There's no guarantee that he has to. He's going to be there for sure. Something could pull him away. Anything, and then but. Like he has to be there for Rom to be able to hit his mark, so it should be some kind of communication or some kind of trigger that allows Rom to know that it's safe for him to go. Just using a time does not leave any room for error at all. Demar yeah. is there, like, and presumably, right? From the perspective of this episode, Demar is there not because he knew. But because a situation came up, right? But so, also because o- Odo wasn't there, so he was he covers for Odo when Odo's not there for some reason. Um, that's part of his duties. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about that plan. Well, that comes a little bit later in the on the episode because they haven't gotten to the point where they figure out that the minefield's coming down. Back to three seventy five, uh, and we see that the plan here, um, you know, Admiral Ross is basically approving it. But he says, "Hey, uh, you know, my adjutant." Um, What's her name? You know, I she got promoted to probably like a rear admiral or something like that, or a commodore, and uh, and so she's gone. He's lost his like his his right hand woman, um, so therefore he needs somebody new. And he's like, I'm a nine new Captain Cisco, and it's, he's just like, what? You know, like um, he's like, I think you would be a great you know assistant for me. And uh, you know, I think Cisco knows he can't really say no, but it's not necessarily the job he's looking for. Or is he? I don't know. Like when I first watched this episode twenty five years ago, at first I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, Cisco's going to become more important in the war. He's going to become more of a general type, and, let, and not just a smaller uh, field commander per, per se, or just command of one ship." But on the other hand, it takes him out of like the action and the fighting and all this stuff, which is no, not necessarily what we want for our hero of our series uh, in Captain Cisco. Yeah, and. In the long term, it doesn't. It isn't a role that really fits the position that he has, especially with Bajor. Right? right? He can't be in a field office somewhere, right? He, you know, he can't be at a star base. You know, you know how how many far away he he needs to be in that position. Otherwise, I think tensions with Bajor overall would be pretty poor. Right, but the, you know, but there's also this part of Cisco's background. I remember when he was uh, when uh, Cal Hudson came along. Remember that Maquis guy way back mm-hmm. when? And he was said when they first graduated and they were you know commissioned as ensigns that they had planned to be admirals by the time they were forty, uh, which I think Cisco's past forty at this point, um, and he's not an admiral yet. So there's part of him that that had at least one point aspired to uh, to do that and in terms of it, yeah, his, his relationship with his position well, he's supposed to be the commander of d space nine specifically that's his like that's that's what this show is it's about d space nine and the defiant and everything else has kind of been added on to that and is part of the mythos of it all but that's the the core of it cisco is the commander of d space nine from the beginning to the end of the show and this is this period of the show where he's not and what you know? What are we going to do with them? Fish out of water situation a little bit too. Um, and uh, you, you know, do you feel they should have changed the name of the show during no. this period? No, no, I don't think they should have changed the name of the show. I think that you know, if you also, I I can't 
Davin and I were talking the other night about how, you know, did Babylon 5 copy D Space 9? D Space 9 copy Babylon 5. But there was like, there, it felt like um, maybe there was sometimes this feeling, if you were a fan of Babylon 5, as I am, Jamil, as you know, uh, that, you know, there was, they were maybe trying to keep up that, you know, their hero, Captain Sisko, had to be just as credible as Captain John Sheridan fighting the shadows and, uh, you know, and the whole, um, all the old ones and all that kind of stuff and, and bringing on the third age of mankind in DC, in Babylon 5. But hey, what, what do you feel? I feel your stance was that D Space Nine was copying Babylon 5. I, I can't prove anything. I just have a feeling that there might have been feeling? a little bit of that in the writer's room. You don't think it wasn't like a deep impact Armageddon type of situation where, you Could know, be. a collection of situations, people who, you know, seemingly sci-fi at a certain point was leading us to this specific analogy with uh, space stations, um, interacting with different alien cultures. It just seemed like the, the perfect storm um, to you know, used to present these ideas and stories. And it, it just ended up being that both kind of, you know, came together into fruition at the same time. It's as legitimate as a theory as any, like the, this idea of parallel evolution, that they just happen to both want to do the same thing at the same time, uh, or more or less, or have at least a lot of commonalities. And maybe, maybe so, who's to say? Yeah. Uh, only, only they really know. Um, but we got two pieces of a uh, great sci-fi fiction from it, so we did. We did. Complain? It's almost like it's it's even thinking back. If you want to make another comparison, maybe to wrestling, and you think about like what was WCW and World Wrestling Federation doing, you know, at the height of their rivalry, and how they they were sometimes like NWO would inspire things like DX, or you'd get sort of like that parallel sort of thing, or like uh, what's popular right now too yeah. in in, in uh, science fiction television in this in this particular case. Anyway, uh, back to the station where there's this meeting ending here between Dukat and um, and Wayun and, uh, and Odo, the ruling council, of course, of, of Terak Nor, when the founder shows up, and uh, you know body posture in that um that meeting. This one, Wayun seems so distant from the actual table, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Goldicott seems open in terms of you know he. He's presenting himself closer to the action, to the table. And, of course, Odo, in typical fashion, is completely closed off emotionally to the, <laughs> the discourse. Um, yeah. Very, very terrible body. Good job, LeVar Burden, with this direction. <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess, you know what? It will. I guess it makes sky. sense because uh, Decault, even though he's, he's involved and invested in the situation, we know he's, he's cunning and has ulterior motives. Wayun is distant. He seems open, but he's always distant in terms of any kind of conversation, right? As right. He, he, even like, with the founder, he's like that. Yeah, though. even with the founders. And Odo is exactly <laughs> what he emotionally closed up. Yeah, Odo's Odo. Uh, but when the founder shows up, it's interesting to see how they all relate to her because she is like at the at the essence like at the very head of the Dominion, right? So she's like royalty coming through here of course uh Wayun treats her as such um you know that you know they're take, taking care of the war and then like Ducat we get Ducat and the founder for the, I think the first time maybe one of the only times in the show uh, where you know he's like hey it's me nice to meet you we're the we're the leaders of our respective worlds <laughs> and like Wayun's like shut up man like she is like so much above us in terms of the hierarchy because I don't know like it uh 
technically Cardassia has joined the Dominion, but in Ducat's mind, Cardassia is is just allies with the Dominion. Yeah. You know, like they're just partners or like they're they're working together. But that's definitely not the way they're seeing it. They're like, no, no, you work for us. And uh we're we're the boss, basically. Uh and they're like, are you taking down that minefield so we can bring more ships here and just you know win this war? Uh and, and he's uh, like you know, I'm winning, winning without it. I'm winning the war without even all those ships. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. We don't like it because she can't go home to the link. That's even yeah. the, the bigger issue here. The founder is stuck. She she she's cut off from the rest of the Great Link. And therefore, um, you know, that this is another reason the minefield has to come down, not just winning the war uh more quicker. Um, anyway, so they're like, you know, we'll get it done. Get on it, you know, and uh, and I just like how Ducat likes like, hey, what's up? You know, he makes direct eye contact with her, very aggressive it. towards her, you know, and she's just like, she has she has no f's to give about Gold Ducat whatsoever. She's who are just, you again? Who are you? Yeah, like she's very. It's, this is all very small. She's not like it's interesting that she is like this intergalactic warlord, but on the other hand, she doesn't really care about all of that, yeah. you know, in some way. She she's really just here for Odo. Or like seemingly, uh, there's kind of maybe a bunch of different affairs because, like, even when she finds out about, like, at the end of the episode, um, the founder finds out that Kira was behind Rom's thing and everything, but she doesn't care. She's like, ah, whatever, you know, it would upset Odo if I. Those, it seems like um, the ants are scurrying around. I came here for this. So. Right. You know, and uh, all the you know these scenes here, especially this one where Odo shows off his shape shifting um, furniture to the founder, and she's like, "We need to get you know back into Lincoln and, uh, and and whatever." And he's not into it. You know, they just want to keep using you know talking about stuff. Uh, keep like the Great Links sometimes feels like an LMM, L um, MLM. Which stands for a multi-level marketing scheme. Come on, join us! <laughs> it's like, it feels know. very almost like religion in some ways, yeah. or something. But this is a biological reality of his species, so I don't know, like, how you necessarily judge it uh, because it is part of who he is and everything else. But um, so, okay, do you? F- uh, we'll wait till the end for me to pose the uh, pose the question I want to ask. So. Okay, well, my question, I guess, right now is, like, um, ultimately where Odo ends up in the episode is kind of, I find, more than I would have thought because he always seems like, you know, he might waver or he might sort of get conflicted, but he goes full-on, like, brainwashed by the end of this. But, like, at this point, like, you know, I could understand why he's tempted to do this and why he's, you know, uh, it's almost like, you know, you want companionship or uh um something like that from a human standpoint if you were just cut off from every anybody was like you 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 know maybe you had uh friends but you know they were all holograms and you couldn't interact with them or something like that you know like odo lives very isolated and he spent those like six months as a as a as a solid as well so that was a rough time for him he had to poop a lot he has to hang out with vic damone all the time exactly yeah but they come together and they're doing the lincoln and this is where, you know, it's very, it's kind of like, uh, this can't end well, you know. And that's when we go to, to credits or to commercial. Um, this guy's handing the Damara pad and Kira shows up in Odo's office uh, going, you know, where's Odo, you know. Uh, <laughs> and Damar, like, Damar just keeps, you know, being just 
so loathing of Kira. It's so like he hates, you know, he's just like he, at this point, he's just Ducat's like evil sidekick, but he'll become like this so much more of a greater character, a more, yeah. more fleshed out character. But even in these early days with him, like, you know, he's just like, she's like, where's Odo? He's like, I don't know, not here. He's with the changeling, you know? <laughs> just, he's like, he's like, I'm glad I'm giving you like this bad news. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's hilarious. Actually. He's such a creep. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Odo is, you know, after his Lincoln, you know, and he's just uh, got got his leg up on a window here, Jamil. He's Captain Morganing it. He's Captain Morganing it. <laughs> you know, Kira comes in and she's like, "What's up with you? Where are you? Where have you been? You're not where I expect you." She's really starting to feel like he's not himself. Um, and ultimately, he does reveal to her here that you know he did link with uh, the with the founder, and, and uh, you know Kira is very worried. He's like, "Are you worried that I gave all this the resistance secrets away?" And she's like, "No, I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that you you know all you've ever been done has been manipulated by this woman, and she's been mean to you and lied to you and like and, and turned you into a solid and like and and and." Um, there's there's not a, there's not a lot of good here, but Odo just wants to say no, man. Like you know, like she's she's great for me, and you know, it's like it's it's complicated. It's all complicated. You don't ex understand. Ex girlfriend, ex girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, this is ex girlfriend, or I just think, uh, but also or a family, family member, member that yeah, yeah. that's bad for you. Like you know, as a toxic person, they or any, changed. <laughs> Our relationship is so much. Better it's all. It's going to be so much better. You, like when Jason Mewes talked about his mother in in some instances in those podcasts, like it reminded me a bit of this. You know, yeah. like just like well, you know, it's bad, but you can't kind of let go because of that. You know that um, that maternal connection, I guess. Um, and then uh, yeah, so there's there's more of that boiling up back to the 375 and the defiant of it all, and uh, Commander Dax is commanding this mission, uh, but she's. She's, you know, we get this whole thing here where Brian expects, you know. That's captain. It's captain. an old naval tradition. Whoever's in command of a ship, regardless of rank, is referred to as captain. You mean if I had to take command, <laughs> I would be called captain too? Yeah. By the time you took command, there'd be nobody left to call you anything. Good point. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, okay. I do love that scene. I think it's one of the, uh, it's one of my favorite scenes in Star Trek. Uh, that you know they establish like you know whoever's in command of the ship is called captain. That's a naval tradition uh, that hadn't been observed a ton in, in Star Trek prior to this. It especially works well in stuff like Star Trek Online when you're you know you might start off as a lieutenant or something like that, but you're you're the captain of the ship or whatever. And that is a proper naval tradition. So I do like that. It it makes sense. Not like oh you have the you know you have the bridge. You're not in command. You're just you know you're. Your temporary or placeholder because, uh, uh, like, Picard's on a away mission. This is like Cisco is off the ship. He's not going to be, you know, traveling, commanding the ship. Dax is. Dax is the captain. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. I do. I do think that not necessarily in this episode, but she'll go on to command the Defiant for like a, a good little while after this. At least one more episode after this. And so, like, she stays in this blue uniform. It's a minor quibble, but I would have put her in red uh, <laughs> just for at least uh, maybe uh, the next episode for a little while. 
I, I would have rather they given this to Worf instead Worf's off with Martok, but it also makes sense because I think that Worf was filming or Michael Dorn more specifically. Uh, they were, they were filming Star Trek insurrection at the time. I guess LeVar Burton was too, but he's somehow here directing this episode too. So he had time to fit this in. Um, of course it's all probably, you know, a lot of it was shot, um, uh, that yeah, I guess back in 1997. Uh, so anyway, uh, so you know, Cisco looks around the bridge. He's kind of he's kind of wishing his crew off here, uh, you know, but having to look kind of look around. Oh, joining us, coming off of his X Men podcast uh, tonight, we have Davin Skelhorn with us joining this live stream tonight as we're covering Behind the Lines, a 1997 episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, season six, episode four. Davin, how are you? Oh, good. We just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the release of the X-Men animated series. Oh, congratulations. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, that's yeah, great. It came out uh, 30 years yesterday. That show. Yeah. Everyone oh, wow. can relax. Davin yep. has returned. Davin, you returned. Davin, uh, we're talking this episode behind the lines. Um, mm -hmm. and, I love um, it. You, great yeah, you, you're, you're a fan? Oh, yeah. Anything uh, that like shows Cisco and his masterminding capabilities he's the man cisco yeah. to cisco you, so his my back. question for you is did you like that he was chosen by uh, admiral ross to become his adjutant to be did ross you like that they send, that, that they take adjutant. him out of the of the captain's seat and they put dax in the captain's seat and then the, the ship leaves here and we don't even get to see their cool fun mission are you saying commander dax isn't up to the task no, I'm saying that maybe like the, the, <laughs> I'm saying more that the adventure was was shown was off screen and we never got to see it. Yeah, I mean that that's a bit of a disappointment in the episode. Uh, really, but uh, I don't mind that he, he wasn't there. Uh, but I would have liked to seen how Dax did on her first kind of big command of the Defiant. Yeah, true. Fair, that too. Fair enough, but I don't think I'm losing much sleep over you know the actual mission itself. Yeah, not a ton. It's just, um, but like they're 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 making they're saying no, you're staying behind Captain Cisco. You're taking a desk job now. That's kind of like the, what this storyline is, right? Yeah, but like an important desk job. Yeah, like an important win, one. win and, us the war desk job. Right, you have and to win like, us the war now. Good luck. Is that good for the Cisco character? Is that something that's positive for his development here in the show? I think so because it it shows just how vast his capabilities are like he started off as just like an, an engines guy or like a ship design guy and then he became like this commander of a, of a space station that has to be this super political diplomat and, <laughs> Come and, here and from also like, you you can command a starship and be in science yes you can be in the science division but but now it right. just shows that without even a particular interest in it he just happens to have this super keen mind for strategy Right, like battle strategy. But so Worf I, is I think that's awesome. Worf was specifically the strategic operations officer. That was specifically his, his for this for that sector, but not and, for, and the for war. And, but under Cisco's command, right? And so, like yeah. that was also uh, he was kind of Cisco's adjutant in a sense from yeah. that from that standpoint. Uh, but here, Admiral Ross is commanding an even bigger group. Um, well, they're not going to give that adjutant of Ross's job to Worf. I'll tell you that yeah, right now. I agree. No. <laughs> this is not yeah, going Worf's off on the Rataran, like, you know, yeah. uh, eating ga and uh, you're sleeping with Having him. a great Being time. a terrible father. Having a great time. Yeah, he's chilling with Alexander, I guess. Um, Alexander's yeah. the terrible son. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Worf is a terrible father. Uh, as a father about... myself, I, w- I wouldn't have made up. But you know what? He gets a bad rap because he should have sent Alexander away. I don't think it's right. To the... I, I look badly upon the parents who take their kids on galaxy-class starships. <laughs> Securities for meatheads. I love it. <laughs> you call like him Shaq the meathead? Yeah. yeah. He uh... is a sensitive pottery fellow. You know, yeah. to make you, pottery. Jeremy, you're out of the cub. You're out of the cub club. Yep, that's it. Yeah, baby bear. <laughs> That's what I sound like. Thank you so much. I've dreamed of doing this for so long. Eject. Plus a great singer, composer, music lover. You do. You are to the prophet. Out with that pitch. That yeah, pitch, Bradward. Anyway, yeah. we have to get I, back on track. But. Hold just before we get on track, I would love if there was like a sequence, like that lower deck sequence, kind of like really brings up an interesting question, which would be, what would be the one thing that a lot of these characters would love to do, right? Like, what's their like? I've always wanted to do this on a ship, or. You know what's what's your warp core like? What's your yeah. check the warp core? Yeah. The thing okay. you always suggest. Yeah. Um, also, this cat lover. cat lover. Oh my, that was a good one, Murphy. I had to throw that up on the screen. <laughs> oh, I, probably something like you know. Uh, let's use like the you know like uh, use the main deflector as a like a like a super weapon or something like that. Like, or like oh, uh, the defiant can be have that warhead come off and like um, off of the nose, right? Because, you know, like, did you know that, guys? That, like, the, the little thing on the end can come off like a big warhead and blow up. So something like that, like a big, it's huge. It's just a warhead? So It can, it can become that. It can be, like, it's, it's not it just, just like a, a little battleship or anything. It's just like a torpedo. It can be. It can, yeah, like, there's like a thing that detaches and, like, it can. It, it's like a last resort, though. Um, okay. But it's, like ejecting but, yeah. the warp core, but before you eject the warp core. <laughs> right. But you lose your deflect. It's like ejecting your deflector, basically. And it oh, that's up. that's fine. Yeah. Um, um, mine would be. Uh, just don't travel at warp. Um, Enterprise D, in the battle bridge, saucer separation. Saucer separation, yeah. Which is epic, I always thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? Or a sphere separation if you're on an, on an Olympic class ship. Um, so yeah, we got uh, Demar coming into Quarks here. Like you know, he's the he, Quark uh, jokes that he's renovating after the big bar fight that you know of course damar had started uh initially and he gets him like the 27 uh canar you know expensive but he can afford expensive. it on his gulls salary Ooh, uh, fancy do you guys like what i always like watching canar how it's like this weird looking syrup cola it's stuff. very thick it looks <laughs> thick yeah it does always look thick yeah i just like um, they, 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 I think they got worried about Casey Biggs during like later seasons where he was drinking so much of that stuff, which was apparently <laughs> having an effect on probably him. like <laughs> corn syrup or something. Horrible. Yeah, it was like it was just yeah having an inflammatory effect uh, after a while with the amount he was drinking. They were worried they're like, we need to stop, <laughs> but he kept going. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Like I'm sure it's 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 not uh, it's not really, but in the show it's like meant to be alcohol, like some kind of a. Of He's a method drink. actor. He wanted to get hooked on the stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Quark, like, you know, wants to get information here. Like Quark, kind of another unsung hero of the resistance and fighting back in his own way. 
you know, getting the getting um, Demar to not just for profit here, but for other you know motives uh, with Cork. And so we cut away, of course, to uh, Jake Sisko, hero of the of the um, of the resistance, mm-hmm. and uh, still chilling on the station. Hero with the resistance cell, Rom and Odo. Um, Kira doing um, um, uh, Riker. Yeah, she's got the the, the legs spread. You know, gets. Uh, I have little... such mixed feelings about Odo. If anyone on this series, I have mixed feelings about it. So. Yeah, he's just sitting in this green chair, kind of feels out of place. Um, but anyway, you know, Odo's... like I, like I don't like any of the scenes with him and the female changeling. They just go on too long. I don't care about changeling stuff. Dave, yeah, defend your but, position. Mm. Well, I thought it was. What was what's my? I, I'm okay with it. Like I, I, we were learning a lot about the, the changelings and the founders, and we do. Like, I just don't and, care. And Odo's, <laughs> Odo's. Well, I guess you care about Odo as a character. You know, is it really I care like, about Odo when he's talking to Quirk. Or like, I like the lighter side of Odo. Like when he's trying to get advice from Vic. I love all so, that Odo. Okay, stuff. but so my my problem with the uh, if, if we're gonna get to this point now, I might as well. Detail Did I derail us again? That's what I do. Not, not necessarily. I'm just, I'm just saying. I would love those scenes with the changeling and Odo more if the philosophical revelation was a little bit more profound than, than the the fortune cookie esque type of statements. Oh, just a drop in the ocean, and um. The There's ocean becomes the drop. Many. I'm like, yeah. come on. We could, we could do a little bit better than that. The drop Absolutely. becomes the ocean. The the best line in all of that is, well, how do you differentiate yourself from the others? And she goes, I don't. <laughs> I, I, what I, I use like would I have for a name? Mm. What use? Well, that's have? bullshit because they do differentiate each other. They do, See, but that's her I don't like philosophy. any of this changeling stuff. Well, I think that she's a master manipulator and really a bad person, even amongst her species, is kind of like the main thing you're supposed to take away from her. Because, um, yeah, tell me about it, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Well, 10 times out of 10, that's an easy choice. What, what was she again, Kira? An intergalactic warlord, maybe, because that's what she is. That's what she is. That's what she is. <laughs> anyway, so this whole scene here with drunk Quark, we need to uh, touch upon here. You know, uh, I just shared a bottle of canar with Damar. <laughs> <laughs> that rhymes. It's <laughs> great. Um, but you know that he gets this. Um, you know, he says, "I don't want to. I don't want to work with these these uh, these Cardassians." I don't like Cardassians. They're mean and arrogant, and I can't stand the Jemadar. They're creepy. They just stand there like statues, staring at you. Yeah, that would freak me out. <laughs> like, like he's a person. Why do they go there? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, probably told. They're probably told by the Vorta to like hang out. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. get move around. They don't all just hang. Out, just yeah. Don't hang out in your quarters. You're not allowed to loiter on the promenade, so you got to keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but ultimately, Quark spills the beans here that he got Demar to find to say that they're going to bring down the minefield, which is mm-hmm. the kind of thing where it's like, oh damn, right? What are we going to do now? 
Um, you know, and uh, they're like, defector? what do you mean? No, that doesn't sound right. A def- you know, the, they're going to use the defector. There's a defector? There's a defector? It's not me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the only one who was anything about the minefields is me. And he goes, no. <laughs> and I, yeah, I got that clip here. Where is it? It was it's wrong. So it's a great line. Um, let's just go. Sorry, guys. Uh, the deflector dish can't What do you that. think, Ron? <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't me. About the deflector array. <laughs> <Dumb>. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? I'm just glad it wasn't me. <laughs> Who cares? We're all gonna die. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, and they're like, well, you could only take down the 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 thing with an anti-protein beam, which we can't have on the station unless you do this and this and this and convert this into this, and then you could. And there's like, oh, of course, like, why do you think of that when you designed the system? This uh, thing that like they've been, like, <laughs> the entire Dominion's been trying to bring down this minefield for months. Obviously, like Rom it was, was a pretty genius. good design. Yeah, Ge- Rom was, was a genius pretty. for even thinking of it in the first place. Uh, yeah. and, uh, like they're just thinking of a solution now after months. Like, so he got know, to that idea before O'Brien did. That's, that's really, oh yeah, O'Brien just implemented it. It was really Rom's idea, and they they yeah. kind of fine tuned it. But uh, yeah, Rom's the hero of that of the of, of the war, perhaps in many ways. Hero of the Ferengi people. Yeah, did he get a medal for that. Right, probably not. But but here they come up with this whole plan about how they're going to get Rom to like go in and disable this thing and at least slow the effort down. It seems like it was the plan here. And then Odo's right in. He's like, I can disable the alarms at a certain time if you just tell me when. And like oh eight hundred. Which Jamil's problem with this plan is that the plan was to was 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 a bad plan. That Kira didn't really bad, think of enough. Didn't come up with a contingency. Bad and, plan. Uh, that there should have been a signal and other things. And but that, that I think that that's. Not necessarily what the point is. The point more is that Odo, um, what Odo had a job to do and he didn't do. It. He let them down. I, I, I just feel it just whether or not whether or not they could have. They, they, sure, even if Kira had come up with a fail safe, another another plan or an abort at least or something, Odo still his actions in this episode are still his actions. Like we still those those are still a thing. And well, that's yeah. it's neither here nor there, right? You know. Um, uh, with Kiro, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I won't. I won't uh, continue arguing that point. Yeah, she was. What do you guys think of it. the phase emitter tradition they have going? Phase emitter, or uh, their phase coil, or whatever it is that they bring in. Oh, the, like take um, a good look. Yeah, the um, the speech. oh the. Oh, the energy cell from the phasers. Yeah. Oh yeah, phase. Um, what do I think of it? I, I like Jamil thinks that the speech wasn't uh, didn't have enough. It wasn't well written enough. It could have had some more um, gravitas. But I, 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 I kind of liked it. I, I, I still I liked it then, and I like it now. I like that they're trying to say we got We got you know every day we got to fight Cardassians and D- D- Geminar, and we keeping up that morale is 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 part of what your job is as the captain this series and we don't get to see a ton of that in star trek this is our one opportunity so far at least in star trek with a real war shown on how the the idea of like the starfleet officer being the soldier as well especially in wartime and having to defend the federation and and it's you know your freedoms and all these other things so it's like they have to kind of do all that um and this yeah we get this conversation here with wharf and cisco uh, about where's Dax? She, you know, <laughs> she's overdue to come back. Where's she won't Dax? be late for her wedding. 
Who is uh, Dax? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is Dax? Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a very like this is this is Worf's cameo in the episode. It's kind of just like boop boop boop. You know, she. I'll call you once I know more. Uh, and he's like staying up late. He's he's um, having a rough time. And you know, Admiral Ross is like, "You need to get some sleep. We need to like command a whole bunch of ships and like save a bunch of lives." And he's like, "You can order me to my quarters, but I won't be sleeping. Uh, I'm worried about what's going on with Dax." You know, he's like, "Well, get used to it. Get used to it." <laughs> um, can I, 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 we, can I just ask you, um, uh, Davin, <laughs> do you like the admiral's uniform that was introduced in this episode? But the belt? Yeah. They, they changed the belt later I, to a different belt. I, I don't like that belt. That belt? They got rid of that belt. And, that, and, and the, is, is, is that like a weird crotch zipper? Like, I don't I don't know that I like the crotch it's zipper. Not, no, it's just, it's just, it's more of like a, it has more of like a, it's not, instead of a, a jacket, it's more of a longer jacket. It's like. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say not a fan. But wasn't in, it an in, improvement you thought? At least that, um, because remember, like the admiral's uniform before this, that was more mm. like looked like the next generation style, which was mm. just the cloth style. Like yep. I remember being excited about this at the time, and this is one of my still one of my favorite admiral's uniforms because, could, I mean, if you're gonna have a flashy belt like that, you, it really needs some epaulets. <laughs> like you gotta go full flash. Have you that seen? Yeah, buckles uh, too big. Where's my Buen Amigo guy when I need him here? Uh, ah, wait till you see the uniform. It has four epaulets. Four. I really One like each this. shoulder. Because I feel like this is like, it, it feels like, it feels like it's, it's more connected as well. Because I, I um, when we saw Admiral Ross, in his, I think his first appearance, he's still wearing that like red and black, the black on top red. And, and th this feels like they're more in like the same like it's kind of like Starfleet meets Odo's uniform. <laughs> um, Starfleet meets Odo, and they were also designing this, I think, for, at the time for, because for Admiral Dowdery, Dowdery's uniform in Star Trek Insurrection, right? Because that was being filmed around this time too, so yeah. they knew that they were going to be bringing that in. They could have um, tailored it better. It's very unflattering to the. Because you look at Dowdy, Cisco's uniform, yeah. his is more of a jacket, whereas whereas like I guess it's more of a coat almost on 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 the Admiral. It looks like and it's a got box. the gold trim. It looks like a box. Hmm. Why do they? Yeah. Why, what's wrong with why? So people are so against belts, but if you look at the uniform in Star Trek Online, it has a. Belt. That's a stupid belt. <laughs> a Star Trek Online or this belt that Adam Ross has? That one. It looks like He-Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> something that would be on He-Man's chest. Thomas Hill, do you like the belt on the Admiral's uniform? Tell me, please. Um, Dave just needs a little backup. I need a little backup. I'm like, why can't we have, can't have belts? No, anyway, no belts, no epaulets. What are we doing here? No pips, no pips. No, what about what about squeaks? Um, anyway, the whole scene here, what about, where what about those non pips? Those not this are called squeaks. Pips and squeaks. those are squeaks. Yeah, you get this pips. And, yeah, it's a long story. Anyway, so oh, I get your pips and squeaks. Uh -huh. Pips and squeaks. Uh, Thomas Hill liked this episode, and he don't mind the belt. Oh, thank you, well, thank you, Thomas. That's Hill. generous. Anyway, so the the we were kind of touched on it earlier, but the scene here where more where Odo's like, "Tell me about our people, and tell me about the Great Link, and the drop becomes the ocean, and you know, are you an individual or not?" And uh, you know, like I think I I think this really just comes down for me that this is her philosophy. Not really um, 
what's necessarily what all but if, if the drop becomes the ocean isn't it their philosophy Ooh. well according to her when the ocean but I, becomes the drop i wish we got more diversity and we only see like th meet three or four changelings in this whole show right like that we and, really can say and by like linking with her odo starts to take on more of her philosophy so is that just like the blanket philosophy that they all have and you'll be absorbed into if you link too much? It's very like it's it's got a real religious vibe to it. It's an indoctrination. You know, Jamil and I have been talking the whole uh, podcast about how, you know, like the founder is kind of like the, it's, she's either a combination. She's probably a combination of these two things like the 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 ex you just, you know, is bad for you and you want to get away. But it also looks like a family member who might be toxic. Or any kind of relationship that's toxic in your life, but this, it, I think, more specifically because there's like this familial relationship. Like these are his people. This is like his birthright in for you know and what he's meant to be, and that he doesn't. He's never fit in with the solids or in this other world. He's always been a, a fish out of water. He's meant to be the 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 Spock, the alien of this show, this data of this show. And there, I feel like all these scenes with the founder are really just trying to give us more of that aspect of him right are we, are we starting a jam session <laughs> i saw jameel grab a guitar so i did the same thing yeah we, 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 we were singing a song to the founder and to odo change the changeling yeah mine mine is not tuned so you're not gonna hear anything and mine's electric too so. guys would you, your, would you hide your would you play it wrong anyway would you hide your tools in a, in a basket of fruit like Rom, yeah, Peter. yeah, it would. right. Yeah. And I like, I like how these Cardassians show up because they have apparently quarters across the hall from from Kira, and she's like, "Yeah, Quark sent me this fruit. Well, that he won't be catering any uh, any favor with me." And uh, I don't know, just a quick little scene they threw in here, but more here with uh, with, you know, she puts Kira in. Kira puts Rom into the the chamber, the the the, the station here with the fruit. You know, um, don't worry. Odo will disable the alarm at 0800. You be there. Is, is everyone in position? No, don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, she's not necessarily the best at the plans. I don't know. like uh, Because he shows up the restricted area, and then he's just like, okay, time to wait. You know, Odo will save me. Uh, Kira Where's goes... Jake? Why wasn't Jake there? Jake has like... no, they, they give Jake no responsibility in any plan. <laughs> he never has any uh, actual thing to do. Oh, he... Can you hear oh, Davin? What? Can you hear Davin? Is he speaking? No, he's not speaking. Oh, he stopped talking. You stopped talking, Davin. Can't hear him. But I'm getting like a weird like pip and squeak sound coming. I messed up something. Okay, well, I can hear you, Jamil. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Okay, oh. see, Davin's come back. Davin? Welcome back. Oh. back. Don't pull an Andre on us. I oh. can't hear you. No. can't hear you. Davin, it's a safe space. Jody is not here. <laughs> you can voice your opinion. And we will acknowledge it as being valid. No, we, we can. No, oh, that's not working. Anyway, uh, Odo wasn't there. He is. He's. He's too busy doing this. He's um, making out with the founder in his room. Yeah. 
And he lost Disappointing. Yeah. Lo- oh, yeah. Well, he, he didn't forget. He just didn't care. And uh, <laughs> Kira is that isn't his own, that's a that's an Odo face. Oh, that's, that's an Odo. Odo yeah. face. Odo. Constable Odo. Yeah. Uh, David missed my pun. It wasn't really a pun per se. Hello. Yo. Ah, oh. we can hear you now. I, this is still that weird screen. background sound, though. Eh? Yeah, I'm hearing it too. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't think that's me. It's Jamil. Yep. It's Jamil. Jamil, there's a weird Jamil, you got a weird You got like a ringo. feedback. Yeah. Now it's gone, I, gone. I unhooked my own mic by accident. Okay, well, guys, if you're just joining us, um, we're getting through some technical difficulties, but we're continuing our review here of Behind the Lines, a season six, episode four, episode of Star Trek Space Nine. Murphy, enjoy your victory. You defeated Andre and Rye, but Jody. Oh, it's come back, Jamil. You've brought it back. I was defeated by one. corrupt judging as I always am. I unplugged yeah. my guitar. Whatever <laughs> you just did. Guitar. It didn't sound your guitar. Oh, it's now it's something, good. though. Oh, yep. Now it's that good. means now- turn off my volume. You can't hear me. Something's interfering uh, with your. Uh, tell with tell your... him to turn his gain down. Turn your gain down. There's something. There's something. There's something causing an interference for you. No, it's back. Yep. Definitely back. Gone. Gone. So wait, is that you mean you can't talk either? I. It's, everyone's got a broken microphone at some different point in this podcast. Uh, Anyway, I'm here for you. Rom, Rom gets captured here, Davin. You know, because uh, because Odo wasn't there. Yep. Uh, he tries Odo to sucks. scurry away. Uh, and uh, and he was too busy, like you know, consorting with his cousin wife or whatever the good analogy. You're back, Jamil, and you're back, and your squeaks back. <laughs> but it only it only really started like partway through, so I think it was something with your guitar. Uh, maybe, now. You're okay. No, you're, you're good I can now, hear you, right? and there's no squeak. So, yep. Okay, I'll, I I'll just take you. Anyway, uh, and I'm, I'm quick solving um, audio issues. Uh, it doesn't take like an hour. There you go. You're a little quiet, but we can hear you. Um, okay, and then uh, the scene here where we're well, guess what? Dax is back. I love this thing here between Bashir and. Uh, and uh, Dax, you know. Dax, could you tell Ensign Kirby how I took over the comm when Lieutenant Hart was injured? She doesn't believe me. Frankly, I'm not sure I believe it happened myself. <clears throat> yeah. Can you tell? Can you tell the Ensign how I was really heroic earlier? She's like, I don't think I believe it either. Um, <laughs> For a anyways, augmented the the fact that he like has to stoop to do all these feats to impress people is is still kind of hilarious to me that yeah that he's still trying to prove himself <laughs> yeah. um anyway so yeah they they got the story of brandy uh don't ask where he got it uh and then we get uh dax's version which is very much the same uh but just you know, badly look. acted in comparison but yeah. here's another one captain take a good look because this says something about us that we're willing to fight, and that we'll keep on fighting until we can't fight anymore. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't throw something like this away. No, no, no sir. sir. This speech you certainly do. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 h
<laughs> well, because he's clapping to the fleet. Good crew. Dave complained the when, when Cisco did the speech originally, he clapped. And he's like, why is he clapping to his own speech? She <laughs> clapped as well. I was I didn't like that part. I wouldn't I would have had him just go like yeah or like yeah. The, I feel like the director was just like now Terry, can you do that again but remove all emotion from your voice? <laughs> You're not excited to be completing the mission. It's just another thing. It's just yeah. putting your vacuum back in the closet. Like it's, like you know that speech no big Worf thing. would have been a lot better or Oh my uh, god, Worf would have killed that. Yeah. So it's like core that, that... core would have delivered those lines. Or Martok. Yep, Klingon yeah. or Cisco. That's what you or you know Kira. Kira would have been fine too. Yeah, I think that there was a lot of like people, but she wasn't necessary. It didn't really, it, it didn't really inspire me. Uh, like when no. Cisco gives it at the beginning, it's more inspiring. When Dax gives it, it's still terrible speech. Well, well, it, sometimes it's the personality and the charisma, I think, or something about it. You know, so I think there's a little bit of that. With Kira, with Kira doing it, Kira always talks where like in the middle of what she's talking, just a. Speaking of which, well, there, this scene here at the end where she is pissed and she's like on a mission to like confront Odo, you know, and she's just smashing the the like the, the, the doorbell or whatever, you know, she's just going to town and it opens up, and uh, you know, Odo is just so apathetic about the whole thing, you know. Uh, just take a swing at his smug ass face. Yeah. I was counting on you. I was counting on Rom was counting on you. You know, uh, and he, you know, uh, I like the way the way that um, Rene Aubergenois plays the scene. It's he's he's so cold. He's been like completely brainwashed. It's like he's become a member of the clergy or something. Or, yeah, know. none of my issues with the character of Odo have anything to do with Rene Aubergenois because he's like a masterful actor. Yeah. But yeah, it's just I don't like the character really. Well, I, like it's hard. It's hard. They, they, at this point, like it's really hard to like him, you know, and uh, because he's always this grumpy character, and he doesn't really fit in very well, and like it's oh, and it's like well, and he's also uh, got conflicting loyalties and and morality too, and so it's like we're like compared like he's supposed to be again the data or the Spock or sort of like this intent or like the Doctor maybe or Seven of Nine in Voyager having that sort of like um, looking at the humanity lens through this alien or this uh, worldly but, character. But all those people that you mentioned are more curious about the human condition. He just seems kind of like over it and grumpy all the time. Well, I guess more like Spock. I think they're going more for that vibe of like, I, you know, he was like, he, he wasn't that curious about the human condition. He kind of had a disdain for it in some ways or rejection of it. Uh, and I think they were trying to go maybe a little bit with that same thing, but at least he had the half human thing and like, and whatever. And, and, and Odo doesn't have any of that. Odo is just a very, very different alien kind of character. And his relationship. Yeah, he's, a, he's half, he's half changeling and half boring. Yeah. Yeah, we've all all changed Ling. And I, I agree, he's, he's a bit of a boring character. I agree, like, the stuff with him and, and Quark is great. And I awesome. even like his relationship with Kira. Uh, but Oh, his, sure. You know, yeah. I think his role as, like, well, he's, he's a, a member of this species that also is, like, at the head of this intergalactic empire that's trying to take over the galaxy. And I think that that's kind of interesting, but how it plays out here on the show... I don't know. I find it somewhat unsatisfying. I don't think it's a very he can be redeemed as as much after this. And I don't. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to those episodes. But yeah, like I think that it's like well, 
it, it it's different, I think, than when like data turned on the next gen crew with lore, right? Because that was about the manipulation of like the emotion chip that lore had. It's kind of feels like that in a lot of ways, but it's a little bit different. Um, the chain even changes things they love. I guess it it comes down to you whether you know you really have empathy towards the Odo character too. I think, but it, it's kind of hard sometimes. Um, he should have made that promise. <laughs> Take the O'Brien route. The, he should have not made that promise. Ultimately, uh, the, the not to link with her, correct. right? Oh yeah, because oh, I just I love I love the scene with the founder. You know, I can't. Why not? I promised Kira. She is a solid. This has nothing to do with her. This is about you, about what you want. He was wavering because he brought up Kira. He knew he knew he didn't. He shouldn't have brought that up. And, he did. and she knows how to manipulate him with that too, right? Um, yeah, she brings up Kira all the time to him. Do you guys want some uh, some details discovered by Dave? Only if they're discovered by Dave. I've discovered them. Otherwise, I don't want them. Uh, well, you're going to get them. Uh, the original title for this episode was Life During Wartime. Lord, thank you. They changed it. Jeez, that's terrible. Yeah, the origi originally, yeah. the B story of this episode was based on the 1930 Howard Hawks film, The Dawn Patrol. A major theme of the movie is that of a reluctant commander being forced to send untrained troops into the field and the moral the moral turmoil it causes him. However, Iris Stephen Bear read a Traverius script and he felt it didn't work because the B story had become too important and it felt like it should be the A story as such. Um, he dropped that story entirely and replaced it with a B story involving Dax, where she is given command of the Defiant and discovered that she loves combat. According to Echeverria, she gets into it far and becomes patent. Uh, neither Bear nor Echeverria himself was happy with the story. However, ultimately, we, re we reinvented it again, making it a much smaller, quieter story where you're just asked to put yourself in Cisco's shoe and see how hard it must be for him to sit back and see his friend go into war when he's, you know, going to take so, a desk job. Dave, what that tells me is, hey, they had a great idea for a B storyline that was actually superior to the A storyline. And they decided, that happens hey, a lot. let's scrap it so we can have a mediocre A storyline. Yeah, sure. I, I don't. Yeah, that's what I told you. Uh, Odo's, Odo's original role <laughs> in this episode was also quite different from how it ultimately turned out. In the first draft, Odo becomes so involved with the female changeling that he allows his need uh, for order to consume and blind him, and he actively tries to end the resistance movement. Indeed, he is the one who arrests Rom. Uh, but they weren't happy with the storyline, the writers. So um, so they ultimately decided to alter the script to have Odo commit a sin of omission, not a sin of commission. The old Catholic. Yeah, him arresting Rom would have been a hard thing to come back from. Yeah. A sin of omission. Out of Odo's carelessness and his obsession with the female shapeshifter, he doesn't deliver on what he's supposed to do. And he's confronted with it. He realizes that he doesn't really care that much. It doesn't seem important. Uh, it is the first time we see the new Admiralty uniform. They now match the regular uniforms, and thus the transition to a more military Starfleet is completed. Uh, the reason the writers introduced Damar's fondness of, for Kanar in this episode is because they wanted to have a hint uh, to the audience that something is wrong with him under the surface. 
uh, Hans Beimler explains he's become a real bad guy, but he's drinking. And you want to know why? He's not drinking because he's an alcoholic. He's drinking because he has a conscience. There's something he doesn't want to deal with. He want, he knows Ducat's deal with the Dominion is wrong, 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 wrong. And so he's drinking. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. During the seventh season, the writers would develop DeMar's character in a similar manner and how they developed the character of Ducat during the third and fourth seasons and how they developed Kai Wynn towards the end of the fifth, i.e. his role as a villain would be rendered more ambiguous and he would be seemingly on the path to redemption. Unlike uh, both Ducat and Wynn, however, DeMar would complete the journey to redemption and would ultimately become one of the most important figures in ensuring the Federation's victory in the Dominion War. There you go. Armin Shimmering considers this to be an important episode in the development of Quark uh, concerning his speech, a, a Time to Stand, where he points out the presence of the Dominion isn't all that bad. Quark is one of those deluded people who thought, well, this is fine. We, uh, we all get to do what we want to do and realize that liberty was more important than creature comforts. But he learns that uh, he was very appreciative for that aspect of his arc, like the everyman character. Quark has to go through the same, the some turmoil before he realizes the truth. And uh, Salam Jens makes her first appearance as the female changeling since the season four finale, Broken Link, where he was turned into a solid, of course. And, oh, and speaking well, one more, Damar is promoted from the rank of Glynn to Gull in this episode. Sweet Among salary you. bump. Yeah, it's a sweet. You can you can afford that twenty seven canar. You watch twenty nine or whatever it was. Yeah, give me the twenty expensive. I can afford it. On a girl's salary. All right, guys, let's rate this episode. Uh, ratings behind the lines. Uh, I'll go first. I, I I like this episode. I'm going eight point two. Yeah. I'll give it a seven point three. A little low. Okay. Uh, Davin. I'll give it a straight eight. Straight eight. Okay. Uh, and that averages that tonight at a 7.8 with the three of us. Sons and uh, Daughters? Oh, yeah, we don't have your reading for Sons and... No, we do. Uh, we have Davins for Sons yep. and Daughters. Oh, that's a good one. Um, nine. <laughs> I'm just a hater, I guess. Yeah, you were not a fan of that episode. Um, okay, well, guys, uh, so that's behind the lines. Uh, and we averaged a 7.8. Rene Echeverry, of course, LeVar Burton directed this. And uh, I'm calling it a Cisco and Odo, but also a real ensemble episode. Everyone kind of has a moment in the episode. The star uh, of this episode was the belt. The, the Admiral's belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Hill gives this an eight and a half. He thought it was good. Uh, he says, Damar is a Cardassian, true, true. So he hates, he's a true Cardassian. Unlike Dukat, yeah. he would sell out. Dukat would like sell his mother down the river, you know, like you know, for, for nickel, as they say. Um, what do you think he spends his gull salary on? Probably just child support. <laughs> Apparently he's got like 10 kids. But... I'm sure he's getting paid a legate salary now, even though he, oh, he yeah. still has the rank of gull. It's more hands-on, uh, as Dukat tells us. Uh, mm -hmm. Guys, the episode that comes after this is called Favor the Bold. Fortune oh, now that is a 10. I'll tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> what is, I'm trying to remember what, the, what exactly happens. In the, so, so This is where Cisco decides to retake D-Space 9 in order to bolster yep. the sagging morale. Yeah. Oh, it sure is. This is a freaking episode, boys. <laughs> yeah. You hear that, boys? This is a hell of an episode, boys. We're coming oh, with yeah. Favor the Bull. So this is this, this episode's really like and, and continue like because episode uh, what is it? The next episode is episode five, and they're like, 
it's been five weeks where, you know, like we have Kira and Jake and Rom and, and Ode over here. And we got, you know, Cisco and the gang over here. And so we have to get these crews back together. But I feel Time like to get the it, band back together. Yeah. That's, like that's it almost feels a little it. early. It almost feels a little bit early in the show. I feel like they could have gone maybe two more episodes with this. Uh, with they're separated. That's the name of my band. Cisco and the band. Cisco, Cisco. and the gang. Cisco and the gang. And the cool <laughs> gang. Um, yeah. So, well, okay. So we're going to be talking about that episode next. Um, hopefully next week. Uh, if it all comes together, hopefully it's happening. Oh, I'm just hoping that our host Jeff Mater will come back. You know? <laughs> uh, but I never know. It's so. the, it's the he's got stuff to yabba dabba do. I'm like Kira. I'm just here on the station, hoping he's gonna come back one day. Trying to keep things together. And then you slink off into the shadows, right? Yeah, I slink off into the shadows when I get the right. Right now, it's the you know the Dominion might be uh, running things, but yes. Um, so did you all like the movie Battleship? I did, did I see Battleship? Um, yeah, I saw it. I didn't care for it that much, one way or the other. Um, the aliens. Yeah, it was and that good. and um, what's her name? Um, the person who, whenever I, what's it? Whenever I I hear her sing, the first thing that enters my mind is man, she could dance. Um, Rihanna, Rihanna's in that movie, isn't she? Maybe. Um, I saw. I don't remember Rihanna being in it. But it sounds like something a movie I'd actively avoid. It's not, <laughs> not definitely like it's based on the video. It's based on like the the, the board game Battleship, right? Yeah. So it's it's not good. Okay, we're getting off topic, guys. D Space Nine, <laughs> of course. We do other podcasts here on Live Long and Podcast, including uh, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. We did, we were supposed to be on last night, and then we ended up having to push it because uh, Jody couldn't make it. So uh, we're going to be on Monday to talk about the episode Cogenitor now. Uh, this coming Monday, November seventh. Um, Jody was still in hiding after the travesty that he partook on Davin. On some uh, you saw, to, you uh, saw. Debates, yes. Uh, yes, that's, that's three true. times I've been I've been unjustly punished upon that Maligned. show. Maligned. Jody, Jody's that's the, the Jody's the hardest for. to get a win off of. Uh, you know, so uh, it's 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 tough. But guys, live long and luckily I'm judging all- next time. Fair. Yeah. yeah, you're going back in the judges' seats for, for for but just on the live long podcast, Star Trek Enterprise. We'll be talking about cogenitor, and then this Thursday we're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. Or no, no, Prodigy. No, Prodigy. Sorry, we just finished our our Star Trek Lower Decks. You should also check that out. Uh, we 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 did all, all the coverage there. We're hoping to do like a deep dive for the season at some point. Uh, but uh, we'll be on this Thursday. Jessica Chan and uh, Davin and I talking about Let Sleeping Borg Lie, Star Trek Prodigy season one, episode twelve. Uh, great show, uh, and uh, we're we're looking forward to talking about that. Uh, we have a whole family uh, here on the Live Long and Podcast Network, uh, and most notably the Locutors of Trek. All kinds of uh, podcasts going on into the Scott Amendel that just went up somewhat recently. Trek Ultra, uh, I'm coming. To, we'll review this and probably do a video review of uh, Ferengi: The Future Is Female. We talked about that on the audio only podcast, but I'll throw it on the Trek Ultra, I think. Great, and we and we got we got the. Uh, focused yeah a radio theater of sorts coming up this month hopefully um (laughs) with uh a comic book adaptation uh coming due we're just waiting for the final issue to come out so check out all our our great stuff here on live long and podcast including also the uh no not that one um what am i looking for the united federation of podcasts uh which is all kinds of great members of course tonight the x-rated podcast was happening with andre and davin they were talking what episode were you on tonight guys 
Dark Season Phoenix 3, part Episode two. 15. Yep, Dark Phoenix Part 2. Fantastic episode. It's pretty much ripped right from the Dark Phoenix comic. If any episode of this series is ripped from a comic book, it's that one. Yeah. And it was great. And we also have an interview with uh, writer extraordinaire uh, Brooks Wachtel coming up in a couple of weeks. And that'll be fun. Awesome. Awesome. And, and uh, now that, uh, well, Andre just finished his, his, his play as the, the, the Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Uh, you should his podcast, the Graphics History Podcast, coming back probably in the near future. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's working on getting some guests now. He says we should have news about that very soon. That's awesome. Uh, of course, Hold Up. Uh, movie podcast with uh, Andre, sorry, with Actually, Davin and uh, Chris Murphy. Uh, I'll tell you right now, there, Thomas Hill. The only way I will watch Battleship is if you can convince Murphy to p- make it one of his picks on the hold up. <laughs> it's the only way I watch that show. Wait, Murphy gets to he, makes me watch a lot of terrible things like The Rock and what? Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay, have you watched it? Yet? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm not looking forward to it. It's okay. like two and a half hours of the raw. We had a lengthy conversation about it, and I'm like, <sighs> I can't believe you're gonna make this man suffer through that movie. I know, <laughs> so man. He's he's it's just revenge. He's doing it out of petty revenge. And I <laughs> only made him watch The Tingler. It was an hour, and it was great. Anyway. <laughs> it's only an hour. That's yeah. Right. So the <laughs> previous episode that uh, just aired, um, it featured. Sorry, I haven't watched it yet because I, 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 I kind of. I kind of it's my it's my Jimmy Jam kind of relaxing. I put it on, I close my eyes, and I just you know get transported away uh, to this bickering session. It's great. Oh Folks, yeah! If you haven't watched, listened to this podcast, even watched the podcast, watch it. Okay, hold up, hold hold up, podcast, hold what, what up, are... hold up, and watch. Hold up. You should yeah. see me and Murphy's like text messages. It just starts at ten. We just start at ten. What's the episode, <laughs> what is the movies um, featured in this uh, last episode? Wolfman? In the, the werewolf one, we had the Wolfman from nineteen forty one, American Werewolf in London, yes, and Werewolf by Night, yes. werewolf theme. Yes, I I disagreed with uh, Murphy's pick, but you know, don't worry. Um, Dave, please continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, we got so many great podcasts within the Federation of Podcasts. Uh, we all, we all, we did touch on Trivial Debates, which just had a new episode come out yesterday. Skip it. Well, this, um, skip it. Just skip, I would just skip the movie round, just go to the TV <laughs> round, and it's fine. After that, no, so. listen to the whole train wreck. <laughs> like, no, me. it is a train wreck. If you want a comedy of errors and you like chaos and a, a real good shit show like you're the kind of person that stops and watches a car right, accident right went to his studio to get his mic he's like wait why isn't he recording from the studio oh man that's, I, I lost it that's that's when i my soul officially left my body um, uh, yeah and i was well, just looking was down the... from above for the rest of the the, the show was, there was all mm-hmm. this uh, off the air stuff where like we like you know when andre didn't show up in the morning and then we had to get uh rylan to fill in and it was just like it was a series of unfortunate events. So, um, and then Ryland came back, but then Ryland left, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And then so Andre and Ryland became a team, and then that was the whole thing. So you should check out that. It was a very and I should have won, and you should have won, but you but you didn't. Um, so you know, every mo- second is a beautiful moment of destruction. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that is one way of looking at it. Yeah, well, it's it's one we'll remember. I think one we'll come back to versus maybe one of the more. Uh, Should have said when we were talking about hold up though, Dave. You're on the next one. I am coming up. We're we're doing apocalypse movies and uh, yeah, yeah, or post Dave like post, uh, dystopia, Gattaca, movies. dystopia, dystopia. Yeah. Dave chose Gattaca. <laughs> Wait, 
Gavin. Wait, so yeah. all three of you chose a different movie? Yes. yes. Oh, Usually I choose two unless we have a guess. What, what, did, he, what, did, he, he, yeah. what movie did you choose? Logan's Run. Okay. Oh, and uh, what's what's the oh, oh Southland Tales is the other one. <laughs> have you ever so. Dave? Have you ever seen Southland Tales? I haven't watched the whole thing. No. So <laughs> he has, Davin. He hasn't yeah. watched the whole thing. There's a reason for that. I know. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm really not looking forward to it. I'm actually going to make Tiffany sit through it with me. I'm not suffering oh, alone. Tiffany. Oh. Murphy forgot that Kevin Smith's in it. so that, I'm just gonna She hates that. bad movies, too. So oh, it's, it'll be painful for her, too. I, I, told, I told him that you should also read the corresponding book. <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> the book. Yeah, Is The Rock in that, too? Yeah. Um, I, his <laughs> I believe, features in it. Yeah, yeah. Jamil, you're going to have to be on the show soon. Come on soon. Uh, and lat, lat, guys, we got, we got well, Super Mater Brothers podcasting, Survivor, and Big Brother podcast. We'll be on tomorrow night, Survivor 43, as well as you should also check out our, our, our friends of the Federation, the uh, Hellbound podcast, Alex Blackburn, Michael Chan, as well as Let's Did Talk you not extend games. the invite yet? <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like our framework. members. I, they're the prospective members. members list. They're like Bejor. They're their application. They don't even they know that see they're being eyed for membership before they join. Yeah, we just uh, <laughs> we just have to get the the, the site up. I said, and then we're, we're starting yeah. to people to join. Yeah, so, officially, but they could join if they want to join. They they can apply. Um, there's no <laughs> they can apply for federation <laughs> membership. Yeah. So they have any yeah. uh, like recent occupations that occupations that may be uh causing a hold up or you know some difficulty in the process he said hold up oh hold up we say it a lot in the show yeah, yeah. well i think that's all the plugs guys so i think we're gonna get yeah. out of here thanks for being with us for star trek d space nine to nine it was a long one season six episode four appreciate it we're looking forward to favor the bold where they come back into the episode oh. and i think we need uh we need don't miss it we need a, a great quote here to uh, take us out. Oh, I know what we need. We need this says a lot about us. Yes. <laughs> take a good look at this, people. It says something about this ship. It says that we will fight, and we will keep on fighting until we can't fight anymore. Yes, sir! You don't just throw something like this away. No, no sir! No, sir, my captain. <laughs> I'm so Bring style.